In December last year, we went through a series called The Forgotten Gift. And we looked at the book of 1 Peter, and we saw that we have a gift that the Old Testament prophets searched out and sought for. Those prophets prophesied about this gift, and they got a glimpse of what uh, was to come, but they never got the full picture. The Bible even told us that even the angels desire to look into what you have, and that gift is Jesus Christ, the words and works of Jesus Christ, the gospel and the Holy Spirit inside you. And we talked about how that gift changes you. And how awesome of a gift it is, but just wait until you meet the gift giver one day. So we're going to unwrap that gift. We're in this new series, we're going to take a look at the words and works of Jesus Christ. And it's simply titled, Jesus, the Series. I told Brother Allen what we were going to preach on, and uh, I said, yeah, we're going to be preaching on Jesus uh, this upcoming series. He's like, man, isn't that what we're supposed to preach every single Sunday? And he's absolutely correct. And that's why this is going to be such a great thing, because I know we love Jesus, and that's why we're here today. And if it's not why you're here yet today, I pray that you would open your eyes, and God would open your eyes to who Jesus is. We're going to go step by step through what Jesus said and what Jesus did And we're going to look at the miracles he performed and the people's lives that he touched and the sermons that he preached. It is an amazing gift to have the example of how God lived on this earth. Now, statistics tells us that uh, increasingly Christians are becoming more and more like the secular world, adopting the world's uh, views and their actions. But see, I know you, and I know that's not who you want to be. You don't want to be like the world. You want to be like Jesus. And so do I. But if you want to be like Jesus, you have to hang on every word and get as close to him as you possibly can, just like Mary of Bethany and John, the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, this topic is going to be a little bit different than most because we're, this is going to be an ongoing series. We're going to talk about the words and works of Jesus Christ for four weeks now. But then in a few months, we're going to come back to Jesus, the series, for season two, right? And we're going to talk some more. And we're going to uh, just pour over what Jesus did. Why? Because we love Jesus, and there's no telling how long this series will go into the future, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. But that's our mission, right? Our mission is to be like Jesus. Jesus is the most amazing thing to ever happen to us. So we're going to study the words and works of Jesus Christ so that we can talk like Jesus and we can walk like Jesus. And there's a promise that is hidden away in the book of John that I think will blow your mind. Everybody go, mind blown. It's one of the most astounding things that Jesus has ever said while he was on this earth. And I think it's going to be a good place for us to start this series. Jesus is talking to his disciples in John chapter 14 and verse 12. And he has some big things to say in that chapter. He says, if you believe in God, then you're going to believe in me. He says he's going to prepare a place for them in the future. And he says he's going to leave, but then he's going to come back. 
And he tells them that no one can get to God except through him. Those are some giant statements, some big statements. But then he drops an even bigger statement in John 14, 12. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to the Father. Jesus says, those that believe on me will do the works that I did, but also greater works than I did. That's unbelievable. That's crazy, right? How are we going to do better works than Jesus? Jesus healed the blind. He made the lame to walk again. He made a little boy's lunch feed 5,000 people. He raised the dead. How are we supposed to do greater things than that? Let's read it again, make sure I didn't, I didn't just get it wrong. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Are you sure you believe that? Are you sure that you're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I get that. That's, that's me, that's my life, 100%. Someone once said this, when many of us think about the great manifestations of the power of God on earth, we think about only what happened in the past. Many of us, when we think about God working and moving in a miraculous way, we think of only things that have happened in the past. We think, man, I wish I could have seen uh, the power of God like the Old Testament prophets did. Wouldn't it have been cool to see Peter preach at Pentecost? Man, I wish I could have been way back then when God moved in a bigger and a more miraculous way. I wish I could have seen Paul stand before kings and prove that Jesus was the Messiah. Man, if only I could uh, have been in the audience when Jonathan Edwards preached with such power at the Great Awakening. But see, Jesus wasn't just available back there in the good old days. Jesus didn't stop desiring to move when they invented the microwave. There are some things we need to understand about how God moves and how he wants to move today. First is this. If we believe the promises of God are true, then why will we relegate, uh, relegate great works of God only to the past? If we believe God's promises are true and God never changes, then why would we believe those promises are only answered for the people behind us? Number two, God's works in the past should not only inform you, they should inspire you. Number three, God's works in the past should invite you to see more of his movement in the present. Hey, Jesus may be coming soon, but he's not back yet. We still have work to do, and God still wants to work through you. And God is no less powerful today than he was in the days behind us. See, the word of God not only records what God has done, but it is an invitation for us to believe in what he will do. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. See, in the New Testament, God allowed his preachers to perform uh, sign gifts like healings and speaking the future and prophetic knowledge of people's actions and speaking in tongues. And these were all given to prove that that preacher was legitimately from God. 
They didn't have the Bible to check all the theology and all the things that preachers were saying. So God gave them signs to prove that they were from God. After the resurrection, the, apostle, uh, the apostles did many of those works that Jesus did. But near the end of those ministries of those apostles, we see those sign gifts begin to wane in frequency. But do not confuse that with the assumption that God wants to move and work any less than he did in the book of Acts, even if he has changed his method. See, what it actually should help us do is realize how important God's word is and how we should place value on our Bible even more. Because God's word is better and more valuable than any miracle or any phenomenal sign. Galatians 1.8 tells us even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one preached to you, let him be accursed. Here it says in Galatians that if the best preacher contradicts the gospel contained in God's word, do not follow him. This verse goes even as far to say if an angel from heaven comes down and preaches any other gospel, don't listen. The most charismatic, the most charming, inspiring preacher should not convince you if he contradicts God's word. Nothing trumps God's word. Use it. Value it. Obey it. Bathe your heart and mind in it. The only way you're going to be able to tell false teaching is if you are in God's word. See, God can do miracles today. Absolutely. But the Bible also warns us about seeking miracles. Matthew 12, 38 says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them and said, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The Pharisees dared Jesus to do a sign to prove himself. And Jesus rebuked them and says, I am better than a sign. I will rise from the dead like Jonah came out of the whale. Jesus is better than any sign. So don't seek signs. Seek Jesus. Because the resurrection is the greatest sign. And if not for the resurrection, then we have no gospel. Okay, so how are we supposed to do greater works if we aren't supposed to seek signs? Have you ever done a greater work than Jesus? How's that even possible? I'm sure Peter, James, and John felt that way too. How could we possibly do something greater than Jesus? Isn't by definition that impossible? But after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension... Peter saw more added to the church in one service than in Jesus' entire ministry. 3,000 people came to Christ in one day at Pentecost. Also, Jesus never traveled further than 50 miles from his home. But after the departure, his departure, his followers scattered around the, gro- uh, the globe. globe. Christianity exploded. Now, were these two instances still works of Jesus? Absolutely. But instead of him personally doing the actions, he worked through his followers. And he also wants to work through you. Now it's your turn. 
Jesus walked this earth for 33 years and he showed the gospel and now it's your turn to do the same. I'd like you to consider the fact that leading someone to the truth of Jesus and the forgiveness of their sins is greater than making a lame man walk. See, use of legs only helps us in this life, but forgiveness is eternal. In fact, Mark 2.9 shows us that Jesus healed the lame man to prove that he had the power to forgive sins. He says in Mark 2.9, he says, which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise Take up your bed and walk. See, forgiving sins was always the point. The gospel has always been the purpose. All of Jesus' miracles were only signs of his greater and more significant work, reconciling us, a broken people, to God. So when we speak up to persuade people through the Holy Spirit to believe on Jesus, we are accomplishing a greater work. So can you feed 5,000 people with an order of fish and chips? Probably not. But can you pay for a meal and give and live the gospel? Can you make the blind to see? No, but you can open up someone's heart and eyes to the changing power of the gospel. Can we raise the dead? No, but you can share your faith and see someone pass from death to life. See, you are meant to be a continuation of the Bible. It is your turn. When this ended in Revelation, it wasn't the ending of God's work. It should have dot, 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 because you're the next part. You are a continuation of God's working. We are meant to reenact the life of Christ for those around us. I grew up a couple hours outside of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and there's some interesting people out there that spend thousands and thousands of dollars and countless hours to reenact the Civil War. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure why the Confederates continue to put themselves through that over and over again. <laughs> they know the outcome, right? They know who's going to win. They didn't think that joke was as funny when I told it in Georgia. <laughs> They're still thinking the South's going to rise again. But they do that over and over and over and over again. They studied how the people dressed, how they ate, how they walked, how they talked, how they lived. And then they act it out. In Clarksburg Baptist Church, it is your privilege and your duty to reenact the life of Jesus for those people around you. So are we going to study how Jesus walked and how he talked and lived? Why? Because it's our turn to act it out. Jesus walked out the gospel and now it's your turn. Do you truly believe that God can do you, uh, use you to do greater works? Do you really believe that God wants to use that same power that rose Jesus from the grave in your life? That's what it says in Romans 6, 11. Do you believe that? It's too many of us sit back and we're like, man, I'm just too much of a sinner. Man, I just, I, I'm not what other people are. Yeah, that's true, but Jesus is who he is. So lean on him. It's not about who you are. The Bible, in fact, tells us that he uses the weakest things of this world to confound the wise. So if you have no talent, if you've got a horrible past, if you've got things standing in your way, that means God wants to show off in your life. He wants to show through you that it's not about you. Now, it might not happen overnight. 
It might take a little bit of work. It might take handing some things over to Jesus. But there's no one in this room that God can't use to do big things. He wants to use you. A few weeks ago, we read that John 16, 7, where Jesus said to his followers, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I send him to you. That helper is the Holy Spirit. And if you're here and you've decided to become a Jesus follower, you've asked for forgiveness of your sin, you've repented from those things, and you put all your faith and trust in only Jesus, then the Bible says that you have the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, living inside of you. And that is huge. And you can do great works through the power of the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, I don't know how to talk to people. Hey, rely on the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to do the things that God's asking me to do. That's great. That means God wants to do something through you and show you that you can't do it without him. This is our chance. This is our time. This is our opportunity to follow Jesus. Someone once said, only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Let's have faith. Let's reenact the life, the love, the service leadership of the most amazing man slash God to walk this planet. Why? Because you are a continuation of the Bible and you are writing a story with your life. So what is 1 Phil chapter 2 verse 1 going to say to people? That he was selfish and that he was apathetic and that he didn't follow Jesus the way that he was supposed to? We are writing a story with our lives. And it's our turn to reenact the Bible and reenact the life of Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Jesus is in heaven and now you're the hands and feet. Now he wants to work through you. You are option A, and there is no plan B. We are the way God has chosen for whatever reason, even if I would have done it differently. We are the way that God has chosen to work in this time. What are we doing? It's your turn. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. Band's going to come. We far undersell the power of God, the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. Too often we think, well, I can't do that. Or man, I'm not the person for that. That's a lack of faith on our part. Now sometimes God... Uh, is gracious to us and he allows us to work towards things. I guarantee if God would have told me I was ever going to be a pastor at the age of 18, I'd have ran so far from God. He's gracious enough to sometimes lead us just the next step. He doesn't show us the whole, the whole path, the whole rest of our lives. He just shows us the next step. And that's why the Bible says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He doesn't show a spotlight down, miles down the road. He shows us the next step. 
And that's the question for you this morning. What's the next step for you? Maybe it's salvation. Maybe you're not even a Christian. Yeah, you believe in God and all that, but you can't remember a time and a place where you put your faith and trust in Jesus and ask for forgiveness because you knew you were a sinner. Maybe that's the first step. Maybe baptism is the next step for you. You're a Jesus follower, but you haven't yet made it known publicly. Baptism doesn't save you, but it is a symbol. Just like a wedding ring is a symbol of marriage. You're showing everyone, I'm a Jesus follower and I am not ashamed. Maybe the next step for you is church membership. Maybe you're not yet connected with the church. Well, the Bible tells us that Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. The Bible tells us that the church is supposed to be a body. And if you're not joined to a body, then you're just an appendage or a, a part. Maybe you haven't found yet a church home. Maybe the next step for you is surrendering 100% to God, no matter what he wants you to do. Whether it's be a life group leader or be on the welcome team or work in the children's ministry or even something bigger than that. Be a missionary, be a, a pastor. Or maybe it's just tell your neighbor about Jesus. You haven't surrendered your life 100% over to God. Maybe you're a person that did long ago. Maybe it was teen camp. Maybe it was some type of conference. And you did. You gave your life to Christ, but you since have taken it back. What is the next step? Because it's our turn. It's our opportunity to reenact the life of Jesus Christ for those around us. Someone once said, you are the only Bible many people will ever read. With every head bowed and eyes closed, let's stand to our feet. Altars open this morning. If God's spoken to your heart, you come now. You could pray in your seat. Something special, though, about coming forward and saying, God, I don't care who sees. I love you, and I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. You take a few minutes right now to meditate and to allow God to continue to speak to your heart.